Welcome to Finding a Better Way. We're going to talk about childhood trauma, adulthood trauma, and all the in-between. I want to get down to the nitty-gritty, the things that typically get shoved under the rug. It might be about marriage, friendships, motherhood, working out, or working in corporate America. But we will talk about finding joy in chaos. It's going to get messy, but thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Holly. Now let's get real and hopefully relatable. Hello, happy Wednesday. Man, it always feels like it's been forever since I've been on here talking with you guys. Right now, I'm going ham with one of these little purple toothpicks. The ones that have like the floss with the loop-de-swoop. I don't know, like the fancy toothpicks. You can't get these at restaurants. Um, Anyways, I love me a good toothpick. I know that's so random. Today is... Today's going to be a little bit all over the place. I am trying to find my notes to kind of give you something. Um, I feel like it's not going to be as crazy as it was last time. We're going to try to stay a little bit more on track. We're going to talk about how Satan's really been after my joy. He has been after my joy lately. Uh, Talk about how my body image has been very, very destructive. It has been... It's been rough for me. Uh, We'll go into some of the things that I've dealt with in the past probably seven or eight years that we've been into fitness. I just got done fitness, sausage and bacon and four eggs and toast in my mouth. Um, And then we're going to talk about how I've been super overwhelmed and how that has affected some of my friendships, honestly, just because of the mentality that I have had about everything. So buckle up and get your drinks because this is about to get wild. Texting one of my girlfriends right now and I'm about to try to put a positive spin on all the negative things that I've had going on. And I'm literally telling her just, I'm like, listen, if this individual says anything to you, look at them and just be like, dude, kick rocks. (laughs) And I wish that that is how I would have been these past few days. I feel like it always happens around that time of the month. Maybe it's my hormones. Do all women feel, do we feel like the world is ending and that everything's on fire a little before or during our, you know, monthly ritual that happens? Or am I the only one? Because, and sometimes I feel like, I hate saying, it's my hormones, it's because I'm on my period. But I look at the bigger picture and I step back and put myself in like my husband's shoes and look at it from his perspective. And I'm like, what else could be causing this end of the world mentality other than Mother Nature giving me a big middle finger right now? (laughs) All right, let's hop right in here. I'm going to start with a scripture and then I'm going to tell you guys kind of what Satan's been doing to steal my joy. Um, This morning I read, someone literally complimented me for not being an ummer. And saying, um, and ever since she said that, I can feel myself umming more than I ever have in my entire life. I've never been an ummer because I have never been at a loss for words. Maybe those will be the only ums. But we're in Second Thessalonians verse 3, and it says, But the Lord is faithful and will give you strength and protect you from the evil one. We are confident about you and the Lord that you are doing and will keep doing what we tell you to do. May the Lord lead your hearts to express God's love and Christ's endurance. And I felt like God was trying to give me, I like to call it a God wink. When he gives you a verse, verse of the day, someone texts you and says something. I call those little God winks. And I felt like this scripture was most definitely a God wink. 
What I mean by I feel like Satan's been after my joy is I'll tell you kind of mentally what I've been dealing with. I have felt down and sad and not good enough for anyone, not good enough for my husband. I feel like I ask my husband and I don't feel like this is I do literally ask my husband so many times throughout the day. Do you still like me? Do you like me? It really bothers him and gets on his nerves, but I feel like he doesn't like me. I feel like no one likes me. Here's a a random thought that I had pop in my head, and I almost put it out on social media, and it was that if I didn't text half the people that I texted first, I would never hear from them. And I was going to say something along the lines of, text your people so that they know that you're important. Now, at the time when I said that, I was like, all these people that I text, they don't love me, and nobody that I talk to cares about me because they don't text me first and you know me 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 and really it got me down now looking back at the situation okay I can see where Satan was planting seeds to make me feel alone because here's the thing I know that my friends are busy they know that I'm busy sometimes I might not text them every day or every week they know I'm here and they know I care and same vice versa, man. I know that they care about me. They're just busy. But what Satan was doing was planting these little seeds in my head so that I would water them and they would turn into something else. Here's what happens. You feel that way. So what do you do? You completely isolate. You stop texting your friends. You stop checking on your friends. And sometimes you're selfish. I'm do, I'm selfish sometimes. Sometimes I'll check on my friends. I'll be like, how are you? And they're like, I'm good, girl. How are you? And then I'm like four minutes of word vomit in a voice message because I'm not okay. And instead of being like, oh my gosh, Holly, really? They help me through it. But Satan wants me to feel alone so that I stop reaching out and then we slowly stop talking. And then I've got all these unresolved issues. And then when we do talk, there's not that closeness that there was because I'm harboring these feelings that they have no idea I even felt in the first place. Just like in your relationship with your partner, you also have to have open communication in your friendships. And This is a good time for a reminder that not everyone that comes into your life is meant to stay there forever. And that is one of the hardest things to learn. Because if if you know me, obviously, I'm an open book. So to meet someone and just heart on a platter, here you go, here's who I am, and them just accept you and love you, and then a few years later, you don't talk to this person anymore. Am I the only one this happens to? I don't know. Maybe you guys are better at keeping friends than I am. Please bear with me as I try to catch my breath. My grandmother texted me and was like, hey, it's garbage day. So I had to run because I have no idea what time they that the garbage can people, the garbage man, the garbage can man, the garbage dude. Oh my gosh, the garbage truck. I have no idea what time they run. So I ran down there real quick. And now I'm trying to gather my thoughts again. So here's my Facebook post. And it's so funny because this just goes along with kind of what I'm talking about now about keeping friends. And sometimes it's people come in for seasons and reasons. And that is the hardest thing to have to learn. It's just for me, it was to realize that the people that you meet and start to love and grow friendships and relationships with that doesn't mean they're going to be there forever. And here here was my Facebook post. I said, the scariest prayer is the one where you ask God to reveal anyone against you and you start having problems with the people that you love out of nowhere. 
That's why so many people who are after God's heart will tell you to be careful what you pray for. Now, I say that and you're probably thinking, well, if they're not, if they're against me, then I don't want them in my life anyways. But listen, I lost a friend and it was super hard for me. Okay. And I started, this was about this time because I was working at the credit union and I'm making this post and I'm thinking these thoughts and I'm praying. I'm like, God, if they're not for me, then they're against me. And I don't want them to be a part of my life. And then I started losing people and it was hard. It's, it's still hard to wrap my brain around it, and I can't quite express it into words. But if you have recently lost a friend or you're going through this weird season where you feel like no one's really in your corner, just know that I've been there. And my best advice is to realize that you're being put in a season. And if you're losing all these people around you, this is probably a growing season where you need to focus on self-growth, things that you can do to be better, things that make you happy, and things that you want. I seen this earlier, and it says five things to remember today, and I also wanted to share this with you guys because this is going to... This is good for any season in life, but especially if you feel isolated and you feel yourself just pulling back away from the world and you're going through these weird changes, just remember these five things. I mean, there's so much more to remember, but I thought this was super cute. It says, one, you are valuable. Two, you are enough. Three, you have a voice. Four, you are seen. And five, you are capable. It is so important to remind yourself of what you can achieve. And the fact that you can achieve the things that you want without the support of other people. Now, do I want support of other people? And do I want good friends in my life? And do I want to be surrounded by good people? Yes. But don't let that be the goal. Don't let the goal be to find people that support you and bring you up. Be that person for yourself and for the people around you. And you will attract those people that you want in your life. Because just like, you know, if you run with dogs, you get fleas. You put good out into the world, you receive good. I, I believe that. That's why I've really been working on my karma lately. I've been trying to put better karma into the world so that I can stop getting so much negative karma. <laughs> Back up just a little bit when I was talking earlier about how, you know, I know so-and-so's a great friend, but I know that they're busy and I'm busy. And let's talk about being overwhelmed and why the heck we stay so overwhelmed. Listen, I have got this new job that has been such a blessing, such a blessing, but Satan's trying to take that away from me because I have filled my calendar up with all these other extra little tasks and things that I've got to do. So I almost feel like I'm at a nine to five again. And I literally work at my job two days a week. Two days a week. It's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. Do you feel bonita? I feel bonita. Okay. So, I mean, it's great. But so the other day I was crying on my way home from work. And this was yesterday. <laughs> um. So I'm crying on my way home from work and I'm like, my schedule is too busy. I'm back where I was and I'm not. And it's not. It's not. It is just me getting in my own head 
and telling myself that I'm spread thin and I'm not doing a good job and I'm failing in every aspect. Listen, okay, so not yesterday, but the day before, our kids were playing outside in the carport. And um, my four-year-old fell, okay, they were they were roughhousing a little bit, and she knocked her head back on her. Oh, my husband just texted me and said, I love you, pumpkin. I got on to him the other day. I was like, you don't call me pet names enough because there's this little trend on TikTok, and it's where you look up, like, whatever your pet name is. So I'm tapping all these birds in. I'm like, dude, you don't call me anything. And he's like, yes, I do. I never call you Holly. And I'm like, whatever. Um, anyways. Okay, back to the story. So she falls and hits her head on her scooter. On her scooter. And she busted her head open. And we had to go to the hospital. And she had to get staples in the back of her head. And they had to cut her hair a little bit. And I cried when that happened. And then, you know, to do the staples, they didn't number. Because they're like, it would be so much worse if she had to get two shots in the back of the head. So, listen, I have just felt like I could have prevented that or I could have, it's my fault. It's my fault. And that's what we do as moms. And my husband's like, literally chill. It's totally fine. And I'm Nick. No, it's not. I'm the worst mother in the world. And I have just put all this blame on myself. And that's what we do, man. I feel like we spread ourselves way too thin. The goal for the day doesn't have to be to complete the to-do list and then create one for tomorrow, okay? Sometimes the goal for the day should just be to survive. Overthinking will steal your joy because us like, listen, yesterday when I was driving home and I'm crying and I'm just thinking of all the bad and negative things and I start thinking about my four-year-old and I'm like, my little angel, my little angel baby, she has staples. She has staples in the back of her head. What the heck? You know, and that's like making me cry even, even harder and she's at school and I'm like, she shouldn't be at school. She should be at home snuggling with me and you know. It's like this little voice in the back of my head is like, um, it could have been a lot worse, Holly. <laughs> she got two staples, two staples. She knocked her head. She knocked her head. She was completely fine. No concussion, no craziness, no, I mean, literally, she bled just a little. Thinking about it is making me feel sick again, if I'm just completely honest with y'all. But it really could have been so much worse. And oftentimes, we do that, right? I'm sure somebody's going to message me and be like, oh my gosh, my kid got 17 staples in the arm. And I know that it could have been worse, but this is what I'm talking about, where we get in our own minds. And I'll say that sometimes, that I feel like a prisoner to my own mind. And some people will look at me like I'm crazy. Like I have just pulled out some drugs, laid them on the table. I mean, they will look at me like that. And then I say it to some people and they're like, man, that's deep. I get it. You know, that, that makes sense. I feel like a prisoner to my mind sometimes because I feel like I cannot focus on the good and the bad just consumes me. And that's where me and Nick are so different because I will sit there and think and worry so much. Like when she did what she did and she was perfectly fine that night, absolutely fine. And I'm looking at Nick crying and I'm like, what if, and this could have, and what if this would happen? And this was a possibility. And Nick's like, it didn't, Holly. It, it didn't happen. Why? And I'm like, I don't know. 
Why am I like this? But I know that I'm not alone. And that's why I'm talking about it. Because we have got to start recognizing that. We've got to be like, whoa, okay, nope, pump the brakes. Mm -mm, It didn't happen. We're lucky. We're blessed. Like that lucky girl thing. I've got a lot of friends that... um, saw that on TikTok and are doing that and try to remind themselves they're lucky, they're blessed, they've got good things going on. And sometimes you've got to do that. You have to flip the script. And it's hard because it you're basically having your own pity party. And you're in charge of throwing the party. You're in charge of the guest list. You're in charge of surprising yourself. I mean, that's it. And it's hard to pull yourself out of that. And if you've never dealt with it, it seems so silly. But that was me yesterday having the biggest pity party on my hour-long drive home. While I'm over here thinking about all the ways that I've failed as a friend and a mother and a wife... Then that's when things just start really going downhill for me. I really start going from A to Z in five seconds. And the what ifs become the what's going on and how I'm feeling in the moment. In the middle of the what ifs and the what could ofs and how I'm a horrible mother and a horrible wife and how I could be so much better. Guess guess where we land up. I mean, it makes no sense. But this is where my brain goes. And I'm going to throw my husband under the bus a little bit. Um, so, Nicholas, just know that I love you. But you have spoke on this a little bit on the podcast yourself. So, I start struggling with my body image. Okay. And feeling like I'm not good enough and that my husband's not attracted to me. So, I don't go through Nick's phone. Okay. Because... I trust this man, but occasionally I'll just get on his phone to dilly-dally because I like to dilly-dally, and if his phone's sitting right there, it don't matter to me, you know, I'll grab a phone and start playing on it, so I'll go to Instagram, and Nick, I'm so sorry, man, but here we go, and I'll see his, like, what he looks at, you know, on that, it's not your following feed, it's the other one beside it, kind of what you look at the most is over there. And it'll be all these gorgeous babes, like with these banging bodies. And what do I start doing? I mean, I'm already self-destructing, so why not make it worse? I start comparing. I start comparing myself to them. And then I start looking in the mirror, and I'm, I've am i always been able to easily point out my flaws. But now, instead of feeling just confident and being like, you know what? I got flaws, but I'm going to own them. I'm like, okay, this isn't what my husband wants. My husband wants something else. And my husband doesn't like this. My husband wants me to look this way. So then, what do I do? We make it worse. We're, we're going to continue to make it worse until the blow-up happens. So, I look at Nick and I'm like, you're looking at all these girls on Instagram and I just don't look like that. And I'm just sorry and I don't know what you want. And you can, I've got a saggy stomach from where I've had kids. But some of these people have had kids and they look amazing. And, you know, Nick is just completely confused because he's like I thought you were crying about you know how you felt like a bad mother and crying about what is happening you know he's on a roller coaster I feel so bad for him like I feel like I should get him a seatbelt and a helmet our 11 year anniversary is coming up in May and I'm like maybe I should get him one of the like harness seatbelts and a helmet and just be like listen buddy sorry if you if you still want this this is this is what you got but I do I get in my head I start comparing and I almost try to start a fight with him not because of the not because he's looking 
but not because he's looking. And he's not necessarily on there looking for women, okay? There's men on there, too. Um, my husband is a straight man. Let me throw that out there. Let me just clear the air before I get in trouble. Um, but he's just looking at fitness people. He, I mean, that's what we're into is we're into gymming and fitness and all the things. And that's just what he looks at. So he's not looking at it because he wants this, you know, that he wants this woman or he needs me to look like this. He's just looking. I do the same thing with some of the stuff that I'm interested in, but I almost try to fight with him because I'm like, you want me to look this way? And he's like, no, I don't. But then I get so insecure. I find myself like covering my stomach or trying to always wear a shirt. And man, on those days where life just sucks, it's not easy. So yesterday afternoon, we're, I'm just, the girls are watching TV. They have no idea what's going on. I'm standing in the kitchen. I'm doing my, my pitiful cry, you know, like trying to (laughs) suck it in suck it in don't let it out and Nick is literally I swear this is I'm not kidding he was looking for my Xanax I have not had to take Xanax in so long I have prescription before everybody loses their gears um but I haven't had to take them in so long that I don't even know where they're at and he's like he's looking he's looking and he he finds some CBD gummies and he's like you want to take one of these and I'm like no I'm like now you're making me feel really bad and then we just we continue to spiral and is it because of all this that I have just built up on my way home and the past week and all the things that have happened? Is it because I'm got Mother Nature, you know, here visiting for a little bit? Is it all the things? I don't know. I, I don't have the answer for that. But what I do know is that we all struggle with this. Not maybe not all of us, but a lot of us struggle with this because listen, I read my DMs and I know that we're struggling with doing all the things and making sure that we fit the script and that, you know, this mom's over here doing this and she's living her best life and she's working a nine to five and then she's still making everything happen. Okay. Good for Susie. Good for Susie. That's what I'm having to realize right now in life is that my path and what I'm doing might not look like the five people standing beside me in the lineup, okay? We, it all might look completely different or what they're doing might be similar and what I'm doing might seem crazy to them. But we have got to do what works for us, what works for our family, what makes us happy. We've got to focus on doing better and growing as individuals. That way, like I said, we can bring that in that way people will want to be surrounded with us by us that are in that growth season in that growing period where we can all just be there to lift each other up and build each other up because momming is hard wifing is hard throw them together it's real hard throw in a job and t-ball and kids fighting and staples in your head and everything else and it's chaos it is semi-organized chaos that they don't give you a book for the question is how do I deal with this how do I deal with these different these different things how do these correlate together how do I deal with Satan trying to steal my joy I have to thank God for the good things ask God to show me the good things and focus on what I can control because when you're focusing on things that are out of your control things that are out of your reach Satan's gonna have a field day because you are doing nothing because you can't fix anything that you can't control 
right? You can't fix someone else's reaction to you. You can't make someone do the things that you're needing. We have to be willing vessels and be willing to have open communication. And really, we have to change the way that we think. Same way with being overwhelmed. How do you keep from being overwhelmed? I have not figured that out yet. But one thing that helps me when I am that overwhelmed is to have my husband. He is my person. Regardless of the bickering that might happen once a month or the disagreements that we have or the not always seeing eye to eye because we're just completely different people, I have to surround myself with my, I need to be with my husband. My husband is my, he's my safe space. He's my happy. And when I'm at home, I feel I'm happy. Uh, That's when I have my breakdowns. And I think it's because I feel safe. I feel like, okay, this is, this is my place. So I can go ahead and break down. But when I'm under the same roof with my husband and my kids, that's, that's my happy. And listen, some of y'all's happy might be when you are away from your husband and your kids or just away from your kids or just away from your husband. I don't know. But that goes back to having to figure out what works for us. And then the last thing we touched on a little bit was negative body image. So how do I cope with that? How do I deal with with these negative thoughts of never getting to where I want to be or you have to realize where you came from, figure out what it is you want and just let that be the goal and work towards that. If your goal is to embrace your body as it is, you're going to have to start looking in the mirror and saying all the positive things that you see. Say that you are happy and confident in your body. That you love your body. That your body is all the amazing, amazing things that it is. It's, it's strong and it gets you from point A to point B. And it's, it's your vessel. It's what takes you places. It's what, you know, it's how you do things. And if you want to change things, then you have to set that goal. And then you have to hold yourself accountable. I have always, always, always dealt with body dysmorphia. I, as a little child, I had people in my life that were supposed to be people that I would look up to and people that were my caregivers that made comments on my body, no matter, you know, if I was too big, too small, because I've been it all. I was really skinny as a kid. And then I was really big as a kid. And same with my adult life. When I got pregnant with my firstborn, you know, I gained 60 pounds because everybody told me the weight would slide right off when I had the baby. Guess what? It didn't. So here I am. I have this baby. I still weigh 60 extra pounds. Took me two and a half years to decide to do something about it. I lost it. Became obsessed. Right? Listen, family would tell me, be like, oh my goodness, I've never seen you this big. Or, you know, like we were at something at my grandmother's and we were all holding on to each other doing she teaches line dancing so we were I know that sounded really we were all we were all touching each other sweet home Alabama no I'm just kidding so she teaches line dancing and we were all holding each other's sides and doing some little kick line ordeal anyways so the person that was behind me says wow you never had so much to grab on to that cut me so deep she had no idea but that cut me so deep and 
you know, that is what spiraled me. I did something about it and then I became obsessed and then I struggled with an eating disorder. So I was actually like chewing up cookies and Reese cups and things like that and spitting it out. And then I had people telling me, oh, you need a cheeseburger. Oh, you need this or that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, y'all were complaining because I was big. Now you're saying something because I'm small. And that was when I realized that I had to do things for me. But I do still struggle with body dysmorphia. I can look in the mirror and point out all the bad things. And I'm talking to myself here, but we are going to have to start talking more positive to ourselves. If you are in a room with a bunch of women, and if you aren't like this, if you would say ugly things, then we shouldn't be friends. I wouldn't want to be friends with you. But if you're in a room with women who are telling you that they're not confident, and you, what, what would you say? If they were saying, I don't look good, I'm overweight, I'm this, I'm this. Because I'm going to be in there saying, you look amazing. Your body is what it is supposed to be. God gave us this body. If you want to make changes to it, I'm going to help you make changes to it. Okay, that's me as a coach. (laughs) To other people. But I can't do it to myself. And we've got to get better about that. Maybe we need a little group of people that holds us accountable I don't know, but you've got to start being nicer to yourself and growing as an individual. And that's when, that's when our flock will come. That's when our, our people will come that we need that will also lift us up. Uh, I'm doing a Bible study right now with a group of women and, you know, we were talking about the different friend groups you have, right? I've got my church friends and it's so funny because my church friends think I'm so edgy. And then I've got like a few people that I'm friends with outside of church and they're like, you are literally so boring. And I'm like, I know, but you know, you've got these different groups of friends, but you, you want to have that, that church group of friends, or at least that group of friends that's trying to grow. Because my friend Grace was saying, you know, you don't want to have someone linear that's going to just, you know, hold your hand and just pull you straight across that line. Okay, I wish you could see the hand motions I'm doing right now. You want someone that's headed up. So they're going to pull you up. Okay, I'm going to say that again. You want someone that is going up so that they can pull you up. And man, when she said that, I was like, holy crap, that's it. That's what I need. I need I need that. I want to be that for other people for sure. But I feel like once we start headed up, we'll start finding people that are also headed up. People that are trying to do better. People that are trying to grow and that's who that's who I want to surround myself with. This podcast, just about like every other episode, has kind of just been all over the place. I have a lot of scrambled thoughts, and I've just not been doing great. So this is just me hard on a platter with you guys, hoping that it relates. Um, I do still feel very led to share my testimony, and I thought I was going to be doing that this week, and I don't. I just didn't feel led to share it this week. So bear with me. I know a lot of people were saying they were excited to hear because I've told y'all a few things, um, you know, a few things from my past. So I'm, I'm, I'm ready, but just not there yet. Um, so just bear with me. That's, that's going to be a really big deal. And it, I know this is weird to say because it's my testimony, but I do know that it it will affect other people. Um, I mean, no one's going to lose their job or get in trouble or anything like that. But my testimony, um, it's going to affect some people that might listen to this because there are things that have been said and done to me that I have not put out into the world. And it's things that have very much so affected me. And... 
you know, I feel like they know it's coming and I'm like, I'm sorry. So I'm just not there, but I'm, I'm, we're getting close because I feel, I feel on my heart that I'm supposed to share some of the things that I've went through in life with you guys and just say, listen, I know that I'm not the gold star citizen over here, but I'm trying and I want to do better and I want to be better. And I know one thing that this Holly that's talking to you right here has grown a lot and overcame a lot compared to poor little, poor little Holly that I want to tell you guys about. So thank you for being here today. I hope I didn't bore you to death. Please let me know if you like these podcasts where they're kind of just all over the place where we talk about multiple topics. Uh, Nick wants to talk some more about marriage. I think that'd be fun. That's really fun for us to do these together. So let me know. Message me on Instagram. Um, it's Hall's Talk Show, H-O-L-S-T-O-K-S-H-O-W. And let me know, guys, what you want to hear about when it comes to marriage. Are you wanting to hear? I mean, we've done a couple episodes of the roommate stage, and we've done some bedtime shenanigans or bedroom shenanigans, should I say. And all that good stuff. But there is a lot more that me and Nick have went through. I mean, goodness, we got married when I was 18. Like I said, we're about to be celebrating 11 years. So it's, I'm not saying we know everything because I know that we don't. But we have been through a lot in a short period of time. Um, and we've overcame quite a few obstacles. So let me know. And also just be prepared because my testimony is going to be coming. I'm hoping that you guys really get something from that. What I'm really hoping that all of you text me and you're like, you're crying. Um, Because if not, it might be weird because that's really going to be hard on a platter. And don't forget, I have my friend Sarah who has opened up her own gym and is doing all the fun things. I don't want to keep telling you too much. Uh, But she is someone that I think would be a big inspiration to all of you guys. And I'm hoping I can get her to be just super open, honest, and raw with us. Uh, So look forward to that. I am so happy you guys were here today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I cannot wait till next time. Don't forget to message me what you want to hear about. And I hope you have a wonderful day, guys.